0: Hey, how's it going? Welcome into Pro Football Ireland, Uh, week 13 review, instant review, we are talking right after the games have happened. Uh, Just first off, Michael McQuaid, massive welcome into Michaela Fagan. Michaela, uh, how's the form? How are you doing?
1: All good. I have to say it wasn't hard staying up for those games because they were so exciting. It's probably one of the best Sundays we've had this season in the NFL
0: it's funny because like the late windows have been so crap for a lot of the weeks especially the weeks when I was in London and stuff in Munich the the late windows were just so quiet and then tonight was just it was just insane wasn't it like so this probably was collectively with the early window and the late window one of the better Sundays I'm I'm not going to say it was the best Sunday of the year but it was definitely one of the better Sundays of the year yeah
1: yeah no 100% agree like I couldn't take my eyes off any of the games
0: and we are both completely dosed with the cold slash flu at the minute. I, you know, just for people listening, I thought I had COVID yesterday, but I don't, so Grant and I, I've got a different. um For people listening in the podcast, I've got a different studio tonight. I'm down here because it's warmer, and I've got my uh, Christmas um, the Irish <laughs> <the> tree. <laughs> I
1: love
0: it. <laughs> anyway, let's jump straight into it, Michaela. Obviously, it was a a really really interesting day in the league, and I know when we were talking about the about the weekend and talking about what we expected, there was a few games that sort of stood out for us. And it was the, you know, I guess the first one was that Dolphins 49ers game. Obviously, Mike McDaniel coming back to San Francisco, Cal Shanahan there. Um, and it's weird because Jimmy Garoppolo was off with an injury. He's actually carded off uh, at the start of the game. So the whole outset, and you'd be forgiven for thinking that all the games over here, Thankfully, it was a really, really good game. Like my God, the uh, the Niners get the win, thirty-three to seventeen. That scoreline might be a bit generous, but they had a big defensive play at the end. In terms of the game, uh, Brock Purdy came in a quarterback, uh, two hundred and ten yards passing, two touchdowns, one one interception, and it was a bit. It was a bit of a weird game, Michaela, but I guess for the Niners, <sighs> this is where I I genuinely think they are a lot better than what they are i think they're and i i think you called him like a dark horse the other night but i i really really rate them and it shows you in a game like this when yes i know two has struggled and he struggled big time especially in that third quarter he had multiple mm-hmm. interceptions in the game yeah. when you can rely on christian mccaffrey and you can rely on debo and you can rely on that defense which is in my opinion now i'm gonna say it i think the niners defense is top two in the league for me and um, I, I just think they're going to pull away in this NFC West over the next few weeks. It was a really, really enjoyable game, though, from a neutral standpoint.
1: Yeah, no, it was really, really enjoyable. When Garoppolo, when Jimmy G went off, I'm not going to try and pronounce the second name right now, uh, when Jimmy G went off, I was like, OK, well, the Dolphins are probably going to win this one. It it probably won't be, like, a high-scoring game, but the Dolphins will probably run away with it. But Tua didn't do any favours for his MVP race this week um he threw, threw th- two interceptions back to back and then he kind of came out and played well but I think it was a little bit too late and I'm really happy for um uh, he was Mr Irrelevant in in the last draft in the last NFL draft uh Brock he played he could hold his head up high he played really well and you could tell the guys were really excited for him patting him on the head and patting him on the back um McCaffrey Kittle they all played so well behind the rookie. The defense was amazing. Boza was amazing. Um, yeah, no, I I can see now why you think the 49ers are possibly going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, they're definitely a better team than they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, they will, I think they'll easily win the NFC West now. I think they'll pull ahead of the Seahawks um, in a week or two. And I think they'll be one of the front runners now going into the playoffs and... I don't think they're, they're going to pit my Eagles to the, the NF, the Super Bowl, but um, maybe maybe I could see them and the Eagles in the NFC Championship.
0: Yeah, it's funny because you actually, very you, 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 you pronounced Jimmy Garoppolo very well there. I do have to give it to you. It's all good. Um, yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. I actually forgot about that. Mr. Irrelevant, I think, I think the biggest thing, and I have said it there, is really, you know, this Niners team took the Dolphins apart with a first string quarterback and that for I think the rest of the league is scary and I've seen a few people sort of saying that it's his worst game since I think it was the game against the Titans last year probably one of the worst that he's had in Miami now he did start to turn it around towards the end he had that big play to Tyreek which brought them back into it and what did you make of the of the play call at Mike McDaniel and well, the, uh, the offensive coach made with the Dolphins on, was it fourth and one on the 18-yard line with like nine I was, I was
1: literally just about to bring it up. I, I can't believe he done that. Um, And it was so funny when I was watching the play, Tua had like a straight run at it. He could have easily mm. got about five or six yards, but he threw it to Tyreek and he didn't need to. And he, he actually made the play harder for them. He could have ran it and he could have got it easily. Uh, he threw it to Tyreek. Tyreek's helmet came off, but it was it was funny when it was seeing McDaniel's and Shanahan on the sideline. It was kind of like big brother versus little brother because they've obviously worked together for so long. And I, when I was seeing Mike McDaniel's reactions, obviously towards the end of the game when it was clear that they'd lost, I was just thinking to myself, he's probably fume and he wanted to probably one up him and he couldn't. Uh, but yeah, it was very very brave play, Colin. I respect that um because they obviously wanted to win the game but yeah no just just two of started playing well too little too late for me his two interceptions kind of did it for them that was kind of the end for me
0: yeah it's interesting with Tua because he has weeks where he's really really good and then he has weeks where he can't do something like to get there but he's still learning in the league and I think that's what I like about this team because you look at Mike McDaniel you look at the way that He's obviously a young man, but I think he can relate to his players a lot. And you can see that in the way that this, that, that this team plays. I've said it, you know, many times over the season, this offense on its day is is the best in the league in the sense of you cannot cover Tyreek Hill and two other wide receivers or a tight end at the same time. So it's just really, really intriguing to see how they're going to go. I think the thing today that the Niners uh, done very well was just, just stop the run, you know. Uh, it was one of those things where the, where the dolphins, ironically, with Raheem Mostert, only had a maximum of thirty three yards rushing, uh, and that's on eight different carries. So that was something that they, that they really struggled in. But when you look at that Niners defense, and I feel like we could sit here and talk about this all day. That's how good they are at the minute. Uh, guys like just just guys like Bosa. You know when like Armstead isn't even where he needs to be. <laughs> this defense comes up, trumps, holds the Dolphins who have scored a lot of points in a lot of games this year to only 17 points. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what's going to happen. I think now with the Dolphins 8-4, you look at the, the Bills, who obviously played in Furious tonight, and you think to yourself, Michaela, now it's time for potentially the Bills to pull away from the Dolphins and just sort of go into that first spot in the AFC East and take over. Because for a few weeks there, there was a, some whispers about... Uh, Buffalo may be dropping off but I do think now that they will pull away to be honest
1: I think I think this was just a one-off for the Dolphins I think the Dolphins are doing very well um I think Tua's taken a great leap in this in his third season I believe Uh, I think I think the Dolphins are gonna bounce back next week and I think it'll be very very tight with the Bills I think the Bills have dropped off more than the Dolphins Dolphins had their drop-off kind of at the beginning of the season, but that was only because Tua got injured. So they've done their drop-off. I think the Bills are kind of struggling a little bit now. Josh Allen obviously had a little bit of an elbow, elbow injury. But I can see it's going to be very, very tight for that top spot for the two of them.
0: Remind me to talk to you about that Bills drop off that you just mentioned there because I'm, re- I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that at some point, maybe this week or next week on maybe a different show. We haven't got time for that tonight, which is one, one thing. And uh, shout out to all the Niners fans that were in our comments on TikTok this week. Uh, so I'll definitely put that in TikTok over the next few days. Let's say, uh, let's jump on that whole situation in uh, the AFC when you had Burrow going up against Mahomes. I have to say, Michaela, as a fan of just watching the league, like as fans as neutrals we have at least 10 more years of watching these two guys a quarterback for these teams it's like I, I almost felt at one point in this game like i was watching pay-per-view tv it's just funny like it's just so good to watch both Burrow and Mahomes, homes yeah. and some of the players from Mahomes tonight were ridiculous and we will get into it in a second and um, Bengals moved to 8-4 27-24 victory over the chiefs who fall the 9-3 the West should be fine for the Chiefs, but um, it was really intriguing to me how that defense stifled up the Chiefs, especially in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs um score; I think it was thirteen points in the third quarter, and then do not score at all in the fourth. Travis Kelsey with a uh, a very um shall we say rare fumble of the ball <laughs> towards the end of the game, and just just something that the the Bengals got over the line. But I have to say, Mikela taking away the result the game was a hell of a game to watch from both just just for both teams
1: yeah i honestly thought that the chiefs would i didn't think they'd batter the bengals but i did think they'd probably win by a touchdown or 10 points so the fact that it was so close it was so entertaining and the bengals started off the year they didn't start off the year well either obviously they've had chase out a little while and he was back tonight and it was just brilliant um, I can see now they're kind of going to be like the Brady versus the Manning. It's going to be Burrow and Mahomes now, like you said, for the next 10 years. But I think they uh, the, the Bengals just seem to be Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like I always say every team has like a dodgy or a bogey team. And it's clear that the Bengals is that for uh, the Chiefs. They obviously lost to them a couple of times last year. They've lost to them this year now. So it's it's great to see that there is someone like Mahomes and because I know we all loved Mahomes when he won his first Super Bowl, but it's kind of like that thing when they're so good and you can kind of, for me personally, I taught in, in the year after the Super Bowl, Mahomes and the Chiefs got really cocky and you could see that on their faces. You could see that in the way they played and celebrated. And I was like, you know what? I don't like that. And that's why I started rooting for like the books against them in that Super Bowl. But it's kind of like how everyone didn't like Brady and the Patriots. It's just because they kept winning. So it's good to know and it's nice to see that ben- the Bengals and Burrow seem to be able to always beat them. So so it's it's good to know that the Chiefs aren't invincible. Because I don't think it's fun for anyone to have a team that's invincible unless it's your own team.
0: It's a bit mad because you've got obviously in the AFC, you got Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tua, Joe Burrow to even start Josh off. Allen. Josh Allen as well. It's it's look it's it's past midnight here, folks. So in case our voices sound a wee bit raspy, it's that sort of yeah. season at the minute. And um, I agree with you in terms of what you're saying about the Chiefs. Like obviously in terms of the team I support, it, it's hard not to you know sort of not be biased against them. But um, you do want to see as many teams you know play as well as possible. Obviously Mahomes is a is a once in a generational talent. It doesn't stop the fact that Joe Burrow is now fleeing and against them. And before I even talk about the Bengals in this game, you know I look at their at their running now. They play. Deshaun Watson and the Browns next week. is Deshaun Watson comes back today in Houston. Looks like a guy that hasn't played for two years. We'll, we'll maybe talk about that towards the end of the broadcast. Uh, the Bengals still have to play Brady. Really. Uh, the Patriots on Christmas Eve. The Bills second last game of the season. And the Ravens to start, to, just to finish the season. So it's... I feel if they can get over the line in those games and say they lose one or two of them, they'll be fine. But... You sort of look at the way that they played tonight, Michaela, and and you look at the confidence in which Joe Burrow sort of ices this game and and gives this team, you think to yourself, God, they could really make a push again in the off-season because nobody gave them a chance in hell last year and look what they've done. He just seems so collected and calm in the way he plays. He's got Jamar Chase, he's got his different running backs and he's got a real talent there on his defence, and his offensive line that a lot of people were given off about, and the changes that they were going to have in the offseason now seems settled. Um, I guess for me, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they've done very, very well to replace Tyreek Hill with different core uh, wide receivers. The Chiefs are always going to be up there, but I, I'm, I'm very excited seeing what the Bengals have done. Have you, have you any other takeaways from this game, just on on the Chiefs or the Bengals? That, that Patrick Mahomes play, where he uh, done the Michael Jordan leap into the end zone, was just that
1: that infuriated me because when he did it, I was like, okay, fair enough, you've done it. But then I saw that he actually dropped the ball. I was like, why did you jump like that? There was no need to jump like that. I don't think. Just kind of chuck your head down and run in. Um, bit of a. I don't know if he was just trying to show off or like he thought he needed to jump for some reason. But yeah, um, I love a good
0: job. Like I, I like for for as much as I don't like the Chiefs personally for the team of support, I I thought it was great. It was awesome to see. Like like it was just you could see how much well, they wanted it, but it, it was pretty cool as it
1: Yeah. Um, one of the things, the, the one, the other kind of big takeaways that I took from the game was, I think I looked away for like two seconds and the Bengal. The Bengals got the T. Higgins touchdown. And then Jamar Chase was flagged on the play for taunting, doing the kind of like money thing. And I was like, did he get the touchdown? Because I'd missed it. And then I saw that T. Higgins got it. And I think the commentators were saying he did it because one of the chiefs defenders said he didn't know the, the Bengals um, wide receivers names other than probably Chase, which I think is bizarre. I think the Bengals have like some of the the, the best set like of wide receivers as in obviously they have Chase. He has an unbelievable connection with Burrow. I think they probably have the best connection in the whole league with each other. And I did doubt the Bengals when they drafted him initially not because I didn't think Jamar was going to be good I just thought they needed the O-line more than they needed the receiver but they obviously made the good choice to got to the Super Bowl with him and then they have Tyler Boyd and then they have T Higgins I think T Higgins is always so reliant as well when when Jamar is being doubled or something like that or when he was out so for like the Chiefs defender to even say that I understand why Jamar got annoyed because like they're like such a solid group of receivers. So I think I think when the Chiefs went on their Super Bowl run, I think they had the complete kind of team as in they had Tyler Matthew and they had like every like Tyree Kill and they just had such a good group of people, but they've obviously lost some of them now in the last couple of years, and it kind of seems like the Bengals and the Eagles and all these other teams now are they're building up and they're gonna have the core teams and the kind of like they have everyone at every position type thing where I think the the Chiefs have just fallen a little bit away with that, they don't have like the complete core unit
0: The thing that they have done which impresses me a little bit I have to say now is the whole situation in regards to their receiving core and obviously you've got guys like Valdez, Scotland, Kelsey, Juju uh, Pacheco can work both in their receiving and and a running role I think going forward throughout the season it will help them but let's see what happens. I guess so just just over the next few weeks and months. Okay, right. Let's jump on to the next topic because we are rolling on here, and it is the Giants. Uh, the Giants go up against the Commanders, and um, this was a really interesting game. Not in the sense because it, it it ended in a tie, Michaela, but more so for me. And I've been very, very down on Daniel Jones. We were not down, but we did discuss the. I guess, offensive issues that the Giants have in the previous broadcast on, on Wednesday or Thursday last week, Daniel Jones had a bit, bit of a poor start to this game, and um he he turned it around. You know, you could really see the difference in his ability to run with the ball, which seen him, I think he gained the most rushing yards for himself in the game since um, like week six or week seven for a quarterback. Um the problem that they had tonight was, in terms of getting the win, was, you know, they couldn't convert the ball in important situations. I do look at what happened with the offense tonight for New York as a positive because they were able to try and change it up a bit. And um, Daniel Jones obviously having over seventy rushing yards. If they could have got Saquon into the game a bit more, maybe getting him, he got like sixty or sixty-five rushing yards. If they could have got him on over twenty or thirty rushing yards, I really feel as if they could have won this game. I love the touchdown to uh, Hodgins, or, or I can't say, is it Hodgins or Hodgkins? I love that touchdown. Um, look, Daniel Jones is making progress in New York. It may be too little too late in terms of his long-term ability to be a quarterback in that team, but he's definitely got a future in the league, and he's proved a lot of people wrong this week, and um, this season as well. For, for the commanders, um, they remain an interesting team. to watch the NFC East is very, very intriguing, to say the least. Taylor Heineke with some... um interesting plays throughout the game and like scary terry is just scary he's unbelievable but the team are just fighters you know you you look at the way in which they fight back you look at that play with dotson and and how heinicke get the ball down the field towards the end of the game and you think to yourself they have a chance and this nfc east will go down into the last week Michaela. and i think the eagles play the giants in week 18 um realistically though both these teams need to find another level if they want to take it up a gear but a highly entertaining game for the neutral
1: yeah it was very entertaining for the neutral especially because the NFC East is so close it's no longer the NFC East it's probably one of the best groups in the whole NFL but I think for me watching that game go into overtime and seeing Bo Heineke and Jones not being able to convert or even get into field goal range for me was kind of annoying because I feel like it's so, for me, those two guys aren't going to be the franchise quarterbacks for either team. Um, A lot of people, someone said to me today that Heineke's underrated. I don't think he is possibly underrated. I just, I look at Jones and I look at Heineke and I'm like, especially now after the game, I know you said Jones did kind of play well towards the end that he did actually, I'll give him credit for that. But to me, the fact that neither of them could kind of get the game across the line, or even, well, in fairness, the Giants lost because they missed the field goal. He he wasn't even close. It was it was in center, but it wasn't enough power on it from um the kicker. But Jones didn't get him. Didn't get him close enough for me. It it could like just another few yards, and he probably would have got the kick. But to me, looking at that game and kind of looking at it going into overtime and n- neither quarterback could could help their team get up the field for me it just kind of cemented that neither of those guys Heineke or Daniel Jones are the quarterbacks going forward I think if Washington actually had an above average quarterback they'd probably be up there with the Cowboys fighting for a second spot behind the Eagles
0: I find that really interesting because I really like what Taylor Heineke's done in Washington I think he's a fighter I agree with you in terms of what you said about the field goal situation with Graham Gano. Um, great guy really 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 good guy I was chatting to him last year at one point he I think if he had hit that today it would be a record field goal for him he was close to I me mean, if you look at McManus for Denver which we'll talk about that Ravens game towards the end Um, I think the Jets uh, kicker made the franchise record field goal today it just comes down to those situations and and I, I i do i do agree with you it almost feels like a loss for the giants because they had that game at the end and they should have won it um but i guess a tie is a tie and it's better than a loss so we will take it and move on and it's one of those things it's um it's going to be an interesting run in for both teams i maybe now famously said about three weeks ago that i didn't have the giants winning another game this season um they haven't won since. Time will tell. Um, something tells me that this Giants team and Brian Dable, if they get two more wins, they'll get into the playoffs in the NFC. And look, who knows what can happen in January. And uh, I'm sure we'll all be around to talk about it then. But it's going to be an intriguing few weeks. An entertaining game for a neutral. Um, I enjoyed it. It was good crack. Let's um, let's jump on your team now. Um, Because this was interesting to say the least, the Eagles completely destroyed the Titans, Michaela, and I know you're watching this this game in the early window uh, religiously, we, we are going to talk, uh, obviously about A.J. Brown, but I do think it's important to mention first off, a couple of points for me Jalen Hurts had um 380 passing yards and then like 12 or 15 rushing yards on the day, with 3 passing touchdowns that is unbelievable, but I think the biggest story in this whole game, honestly, everyone's saying AJ Brown, and I've, I'm going to catch you off guard here now. For me, it's not AJ Brown; it is the fall off that this Eagles team, sorry, this Titans team have had in the last year. They trade AJ Brown to Philadelphia, obviously during draft night. They bring in Traylon Burks, and um, it's just it's incredible. Like basically going by the stats, AJ Brown has almost as much receiving yards than. All six Titans wide receivers, and he has nine receiving touchdowns, and the Titans wide receivers only have four this season. That is insane. Uh, but I think the biggest one for me is a drop off in Ryan Tannehill. I think it's I think it's shocking um, when the Titans, who were very very close last year and the year before, and when you've got a guy like Mike Vrabel as your head coach, you're always going to be a good chance. But when the Titans, Michaela have. Sort of dropped off that much, you're asking yourself one, whose fault is it? Two, does Ryan Tannehill have a future in Tennessee? Most likely not. Uh, And three, also, how far do the Eagles go? I mean, this is uh, what a win for them now. Was it 11 and 1? I mean, you have to look at it now and think to yourself if they go maybe 14, 15 wins, it's been a hell of a season, but they are going to be number one seed in the NFC, surely, yeah?
1: Yeah, they they unless they lose every other game coming up, they're a hundred percent. I hope I don't jinx them. I t- they're going to be the number one seed going into the NFC. They for me, I was obviously I'm an Eagles fan, even though I'm wearing a Las Vegas Raiders jersey. People will see that I'll wear different jerseys. It does not bother me. Um, but actually, and then the Raiders beat the Chargers tonight as well.
0: Well, th- this is where you've done the curse. We started recording this at the end of the, of the Chiefs' game, so I, I will double check that. At the time of recording, the Raiders were beating the Chargers, and we're not going to have any Sunday night football analysis here. Yes, they beat them 27 to 20. It was funny because yeah. the Raiders or the Chargers had the ball in midfield, and I was thinking to myself, if they get a touchdown here, we will steal go for two? But it never happened. But yes, ba- back to the Eagles, yeah.
1: Back to the Eagles, yeah. So, obviously, me wearing a jersey does does help the team, of whoever I'm wearing. But, yeah, the Eagles, the big thing for me and the biggest thing I was happy about was Jalen. Because we obviously talked last week or a few days ago even about how he was mine, yours, and Mark's MVP. Probably the top guy. And then going into tonight, we obviously had games from Mahomes, Tua, and obviously Jalen. Those were the other, they're, they're the top three for the MVP and Jalen played it out of the park I think some people would probably say one thing against them probably as a player and as uh, the potential MVP was that he doesn't throw the ball enough and I think tonight he just silenced everybody like 380 yards three touching three throwing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown he played amazingly it's probably his best game all season and then Devontae Smith played amazingly as well he got he was probably a little bit overshadowed because of A.J. Brown's two touchdowns, but he got over 100 yards as well. Miles Sanders didn't get to rush the ball a lot, but he still got his touchdown. Everyone on the Eagles is playing insanely well, and the defense is probably the best defense in the NFL, them and the 49ers. But I think the, the biggest takeaway from me for that game, not that the Eagles are for real, that's obviously the biggest takeaway from them for for when you're thinking about the Eagles, but the biggest takeaway from me watching the Titans was, I agree with you, I don't think Tannehill, Tannehill struggled a little bit. I think he had, his injury probably didn't help, and I think he injured the other ankle. I think I saw them taping that up on the sideline. But it was actually interesting to me, because when I watched the Titans last week and this week, it seems teams have figured out Derrick Henry and how to stop him. He he didn't get a lot of rushing last week and the Eagles kind of stopped him completely this week that he was not really involved in the game at all. But the Titans, yeah, they've they've kind of, kind of... One thing about the Titans as well that I saw was that they can't beat teams over 500. So they actually can't beat winning teams. I think they're probably one in six against teams over 500 from this season and last season. And they can beat the, the bad teams, but they can't beat... The good teams and if they can't beat the good teams then there's no really point of taking them as playoff contenders
0: yeah it's just it's just sheer inconsistency when you're in a when you're in such a tight and such a competitive afc i completely agree with you jalen yes for me at the minute he's mvp because i think if you continue to perform to that level regardless of your opposition and you go like there are 11 games now of, of like they've won 11 games if they get to 15 or 16 wins and the, the performance continues in that manner. I, I think he has to be given the MVP. I, like, mm. I I fully understand the talk about Mahomes. And I fully understand the talk about Josh Allen and different players. Hell, I fully understand the talk about Justin Jefferson being in the top five. But for me, yeah. at the minute it is, it is Jalen. Um, the one thing I will say, and I don't want to annoy or piss off Eagles fans, is we're in week 13 here. Have they peaked too early? Because you're looking at that, at that team now, Michaela, and you're thinking, oof. Time will tell. T- t- time will tell. I'm sure we can uh, investigate that on the podcast. Sure, no cross will be here. All I will and say one thing yeah. before
1: we move on: that when the Eagles are ten and one, and this was this was before the Tennessee game started, when the Eagles are ten and one, they've gone to the championship game or the Super Bowl every season that they've been ten and one at
0: this point. Fair enough. I and I, I'm sure Eagles fans will love to hear that. A, happy days, happy days. Right. Last two topics here. I am I'm loving this I just I just sort of like half yawned or half went mad on the camera there folks in case you're wondering but it's just it's been a long night it's been an enjoyable night and one team that I actually enjoyed watching for the first time in a long time was the Green Bay Packers tonight hell Michaela I loved watching Justin Fields tonight some of his plays were incredible but um, the reality is you know certain things happen and you've got these different variables and if you can't reach a certain point you're not going to win a game that's happened to the Bears far too many times this season. And they're now sitting 3-10 because they've lost 28-19 over the Packers. Justin Fields has some incredible plays and amazing rushing touchdown. But the biggest storyline of this game has to be Christian Watson. Talk about being hot. This guy has got 8 touchdowns in the last four games. And you know, obviously Rodgers is not, is not fully fit and he's nursing a lot of injuries and you could see it in this plays and he was not confident and he was getting angry in certain situations. And, um, you know, they really leaned on the ground game and when they needed to go to Watson and when they needed to approach Watson for certain plays, they went to him. He is explosive and he is a major positive what has been a very sort of... Uh, lacklustre or a year of change for this team in a year where we're not sure what's going to happen on Rodgers down the stretch he should be there next season but one guy will definitely be there is Christian Watson um, just just incredible you know it's an incredible start to his career and um, but that, that being said there are many positives for the Bears who are clearly in a rebuilding mode as well you've got Justin Fields there you have to build around him uh, you have certain people that are fans of the Bears that are don't that don't agree with that, but for me that has to be what happens. And um, an enjoyable game for you know like a three and ten football team going up against uh, a five and eight football team. Uh, it was good to watch. It
1: was it was good to watch, and um, I think Watson is probably going to pull away now. An offensive rookie of the year. People were saying Rogers doesn't have any receivers. Like no wonder they're kind of a little bit bad, let's face it they're bad this season compared to other seasons but they have Watson now, they do have a really, really good receiver now um, you can't put it by him, he's played amazingly the last few days, or the last few games even, but when looking at Rodgers, looking at his stats here, he, he only had 182 yards and one touchdown it's, it's not good enough for a, a guy that they've given a big contract to, that they kind of let control everything and and who kind of is a bit of a, I, I think he is a bit of a drama queen but it, it's injury or not it's it's not good enough from him to to uh, only be having those kind of like he he doesn't have big yardage games um he doesn't have many of them this season I think I I don't know what's going to happen with well him next season like could he be traded could I I'm not really sure because the. The Packers are always like Packers are always kind of playoff. They're always a playoff team. So the fact that they're here and they're they've such yeah. they're having such a bad season is it, it, it's kind of uncharted territory. How do we deal with this? How are we gonna How are they gonna deal with Aaron Rodgers now? Do they just say okay, you've played shockingly this season. You're not worth it anymore. So they'll we'll just trade them. But on a lighter note, the the Packers winning against the Bears. They they're actually the team with the most wins now in the NFL, overtaking the Bears, um, funnily enough. But yeah, the only good thing for Rogers this night is that they now have that record and that he still, as he likes to say, owns the Chicago Bears.
0: That is still one of the greatest moments in NFL history when he done that at Soldier Field. Um, and I've been, like I was in Soldier Field last year and they hate the Packers so much. It's actually hilarious. So um, it's always a good game to watch as in neutral because it doesn't matter if the teams have a losing record. It's it's always good crack. Let's jump on to this last game that we're going to talk about, and then we'll jump off here for week 13. And it is that Ravens-Broncos game. Um, Okay, yes, it finished 10-9 to the Ravens. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it because Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, who's obviously in a contract year, um, is trying to get paid. His mum is his agent, and he does not have any official representation. Just want to put that out there. Um, Has got a knee injury. It uh, didn't return and at the end of the game Mikhail like Coach Harbour told people that it is a situation in which he could be out for a matter of quote days to weeks. Um I was at the Packers against the Ravens last year and Tyler Huntley was the quarterback because Lamar Jackson was injured. Um and I I think you know if if you're gonna have a quarterback that is sort of the most similar guy in terms of skills and athleticism He's your guy. Um the Broncos defence really came up clutch in this game for a lot of it because you had Justin Simmons really performing well. And at the end of the day, they're limiting a team to well, frankly, three points until until towards the end of the game. I mean, that's fantastic for, for, for that defence. Um just just very, very poor again from, from the Broncos who cannot find a way. Like this Broncos defence is top tier in this league. If if the Niners are up there, you know, the the Broncos aren't that far away in terms of defense. But when you've got a guy that's getting paid two hundred and fifty million dollars, who goes seventeen to twenty-two for hundred and eighty-nine yards, oh okay well that sounds like they 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 rely on the rushing game. No, because Murray only is forty seven yards um you have got bright spells in our Broncos offense. You got Jerry Judy who made a couple of plays. You got Greg Dulwich, who has done very well this season for what he has and the situation in which his offence has come in with. Courtland Sutton, uh, not in the game at all. I think he went off injured actually. And it was just one of those games where for the Broncos it just didn't work again and at the time of recording they've done nothing with the final hackett. Like, you know, there's a lot of situations and reasoning and, and we talked about this in our first episode, with Michaela, where, you know, Maybe Hackett should go, and they've got the DC Evero in there. He could maybe come in and get some reps or some practice. Sorry, over the, uh, as as a de facto head coach over the last few weeks of the season. But nobody wants to seem to do anything, and um, I I know you want to call out Russell Wilson, but look, the Ravens get a win and get over the line, and it, it brings them to eight and four, and they'll be buzzing at, at the end of this game, absolutely buzzing, just to get over the line because at one point it looked a bit dicey for them.
1: Yeah, they. I think with the Bengals doing so well now, the Bengals obviously did start out so well. So I think for me personally now after this week and the Bengals beating the Chiefs, I think the Bengals will win the AFC North again. The Ravens will be just behind them. But the big story from that game wasn't even the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. It was the fact that Lamar Jackson got injured and it's a knee injury. They're the most scariest injuries when you hear about them because... You're like, did they tear their ACL? Are they going to be out for months on end? And when I was looking at Lamar Jackson, it was a similar situation actually. Um, in the Jaguars game, Trevor Lawrence took a bad hit as well and twisted his knee and had to walk off the field. But compare him to Jackson. Lawrence was fine walking off the field. You look at Lamar Jackson and he could he was limping up the steps when they brought him behind the scenes. And to me, that's that's a bad sign. I was actually looking at him limping and I was like, why didn't they just cart him off? Like he could aggravate the injury by doing that, whatever was wrong. But um, the head coach said that they'll have scans on Monday and he doesn't look like he's going to be out the rest of the season. But like, you never know what knee injuries, and the injuries are are the worst probably injury they could get. That and their Achilles in the NFL, in any sport. Um, But I, I th- i's, it is obviously bad that he's got injured, but I think I was... La- laughing at some of the memes on Twitter, the people were giving out about their their fantasy teams. They're like people who had Lamar and their fantasy fantasy teams are going to be raging. Uh, but <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, yeah, I'd be raging if I was a Ravens fan because if you don't have Lamar, you've you've Tyler Huntley, and I know Tyler has say has a similar skill set to Lamar, but he's not like he probably they won't win as many games with him, obviously. Um, I think maybe if they had a backup like the Browns played played Brissette before Deshaun came back, and Brissette did actually well for what he was given, they had someone like him. They'd probably be okay just to finish out the season. But if if Lamar is injured and he's gone for the rest of the season, I would say that's their season over.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's um, it's it's just it's been a really really sort of intriguing week, and it's going to be sort of interesting to see what happens there with. With Lamar over the next few weeks because you know the Ravens need him. He's trying to get paid. It's there's so many things going on. Just want to finish this off, this this episode off, Michaela. Obviously, by thanking you and thanking everyone that has uh listened to this in the first few weeks and let everybody know that we're all picking the following teams on Monday Night Football. You got the Saints going up against the, the Bucks. Mark Hogan, who's not here, is picking the Saints, and myself, and Michaela are picking the Bucks. We All picked a Niners as well, which is interesting. Is there anything else, Michaela, for you for what was a, a really, really interesting week 13 that stood out for you? Um I, I'll I'll jump on this and I'll say this just to round off. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson came back this week um, playing against the Texans, ironically. I mean, you couldn't make that up. There isn't, in my opinion, nothing positive to say about the situation at all. In terms of the football sense, it was quite clear in the preseason, when the guy was playing against the Jaguars, he should not have been playing, but it was quite clear that he hadn't been playing for six or 700 days. Like, like, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know how long it's going to take him to get back into like some sort of, not fitness, but game mode. The, the man hasn't played in so long and you could see it today. But I think, you know, going and talking about something that's actually a bit positive here would be for me talking about the, uh, about the Vikings. Who move forward again, beating the Jets? Jets, that was a really, really good game. I'm sorry to guys and guys and girls that were listening to this, and we haven't talked about it. But look, the Vikings going to ten and two, Jets seven and five, uh, just a very, very enjoyable week for a team Sunday, Michaela.
1: Yeah, it was. And uh, thinking about the the Watson and Brown situation, I don't think he scored a touchdown.
0: That interception, is... no, you know he didn't. It was a, a, I think he had 130 passing yards, but there was just so there was one where he flew a pick in the end zone and I was like oh my god this lad's having an absolute mare here like he's probably like-
1: still thought he was on the Texans showing it to the Texans yeah yeah no I I think but I think I saw the score and I was like how are the Browns winning by 27 points if he hasn't scored a touchdown I was hoping the Texans would beat them to be honest I didn't think they would but
0: I, it was the most would- Texans game you'll ever see in your life like it was the most bronze and Texans game. There was fumbles, there was interceptions. The Texans were awful, Michaela. And they're now the, the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs. So it says it all, to be honest with
1: you. Oh, I didn't know that they... I I No hope. They had no hope of getting into the playoffs, but it's actually funny that they've officially been enli- uh, eliminated. Uh, yeah, other than uh, the Browns and the Texans, yeah, I agree. The Vikings and the Jets was fun to watch. Once the... Eagles and the Titans was a blowout. I got to the 35-10. I was obviously watching that game because I'm an Eagles fan. Uh got to, but it wasn't even because I'm an Eagles fan. It 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 was a it was a like important game. It was a seven and four team against the ten and one Eagles. You thought like it'd be a little bit closer. I'm glad it wasn't. I don't like heart heart attack material games. But I think the the other the other game this Sunday that was the most entertaining is in how close it was. Was the Vikings and the Jets? Um, Mike White, he played okay. Couldn't get them across the line. I think there was a big thing towards the end that he didn't get into the touch in, into the end zone, and then they reviewed it, and he did. And I was actually delighted for him because I was like, "This is so funny." Because what are they going to do about him and Zach Wilson? Like Zach Wilson's like the number two pick, and he's they've done. just
0: he's done uh, is it
1: not too is early it? to say he's done
0: uh, but I think I think he is you know I really do I think like it's it's. Uh, no, it, we, we could talk about this for the next half an hour I could, think you could talk about it for
1: the next half an hour
0: um, and we will at some point this week because we're back again um, should be Thursday morning so the podcast should be Thursday morning video should be up very close to that there as well uh, and just check out obviously the content throughout the week uh, we're on Twitter at NFL Ireland if at the moment, we're called Pro Football Ireland but at the moment it's the NFL Ireland Facebook page until Facebook actually renames it NFL Ireland on TikTok um, NFL Ireland on Instagram I keep forgetting there's that many places just search Pro Football Ireland or NFL Ireland and you will find us uh, and obviously myself, Michaela and Mark's details are in the bio as well for social media and uh, it's been a really, really enjoyable week kind thanks for doing this so, so late at nights, and uh, I'll chat to you during the week chat soon, Michael